Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. I don't know if, if you're like me, but I feel like there's, there's points in, in our lives where we come against, or not come against, but we come in contact with uh, individuals in our lives that we... Um, you, you ever have a person that just inspires you, a person that, that you look up to? And, and have you ever found yourself in a situation where you say something along the lines of like, oh, I wish I had faith like that person or, or I wish I could pray like boldly like, like that individual or, or I, I wish I could step out and believe God uh, for the types of things like that, like that person does. And I think it kind of points and reveals to us that, that each and every one of us desire to walk confidently in, in faith. Each and every one of us desire to, to take a step and to do things that are beyond what we're doing currently, right? To go to a greater measure, a greater level, to, to trust God in greater ways. We desire to walk confidently in our faith. And so tonight I wanna take a little bit of time just to discuss how we can walk in confidence in, in our faith and, and just practically look at three different factors um, that would allow us to walk confidently in the faith that, that Jesus has given us. So I don't know why that's not working. If you want to maybe, ah, now it is. It's like magic. Three ways to walk in confident faith. And the first we're going to dive into uh, to chapter 2, verse 14. It's, uh, it's to encounter the Holy Spirit. To, to walk in confident faith, we need to encounter the Holy Spirit. So to give you some background, we're diving into uh, Acts chapter 2. We had, we had talked about a couple weeks ago about when the Holy Spirit came upon the early church. When they gathered together, they were waiting in Jerusalem for the promise that Jesus had given them. He told them you know, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift that the Father promised. And so they are waiting, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, they begin to speak in tongues, and, and, and everybody around them, they're in the middle of this feast of Pentecost, and, and there's just uh, multitudes of people that see this happen, and they're looking, and they're asking, well, some are be bewildered, some are amazed, and they're saying, how is it possible that they're speaking the wonders of God in our own language? And then there was another group that kind of rose up and were mocking the, the group, saying, well, they're just drunk uh, they don't know what they're doing. They're out of their minds. And so this is kind of where we step in. And all of a sudden, in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, it says, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people aren't drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. And really... You know, when I think about encountering the Holy Spirit, I don't think there's a better example than Peter. That, that you could take a look at Peter in Mark, in the book of Mark, it's actually really funny, in chapter 14, you would read it, and, and at that moment, you know, Peter gets a lot of flack for that whole denial of Jesus, and, and this was, it was a really critical time. Uh, but, it, but needless to say, there was this moment where, where Peter said, you know, Jesus, I'll, do, I'll, I'll give up my life for you. I'll put everything out there for you. And he had the opportunity to stand up in faith confidently for Christ. And in Mark 14, 
a servant girl begins to pry to say, hey, aren't you one of those guys with Jesus? And he said, no, 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 I don't even know the guy. And, and he gets pressed again and again, and each time saying, no, I don't even know the man. He had an opportunity to stand up and confidently declare his faith in Jesus Christ, but, but he didn't. And you think about that Peter, and then you look at the Peter in Acts chapter 2, willing to stand up in front of thousands of people and, and to set them straight and say, hey, no, let me, let me set this straight. Let me set the record straight for you. Boldness. And, and you know what? Jesus promised in Acts 1, uh, Acts 1 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So I think for us, you know, in our walks with God and, and as we're serving Him and in our faith, we can often come to the point where it's like, how do, I, how do I walk in that confidence? You know, I understand, okay, you're saying, you know, you just encounter the Holy Spirit. But what does that look like? What does encountering the Holy Spirit look like in our life? And ultimately, if I could sum it up, if you're taking notes, I feel like this is like, this is how I would describe it to you. Encountering the Holy Spirit involves three things. Loving, looking, and listening. Loving, looking, and listening. When you think about just the idea of loving, you know, bring it back to a regular uh, relationship or maybe a marital relationship for those that are married or maybe a type of uh, family relationship, somebody that you care about. And when you care about somebody, you have their best interests in mind. It's, it actually gets to the point where you think about, you know, whatever's important to them becomes important to you. And I had a really cool encounter at a friend of mine from college that we just got together yesterday. Um, I have not seen him in a while. And the last time that I saw him, I remember him, uh, we were having a conversation. And he said, frankly, Justin, I have to tell you, he, he was in a bit of a, a, a place, I think, in his relationship with God. He was asking a lot of questions, didn't really have direction, uh, even kind of struggling just with his passion for God and, and things of that nature. And I remember having a conversation. He looks at me and he goes, you know, how are you so happy? He's like, I look at you, this is how he is, I look at you, and you're everything that I never want to be. And I was like, okay, okay, like, cool. He's like, yeah, like, young, like, but you're already married, but you also have kids, you're not even 30, and you have kids, and then you're, like, in, in like, pastoral ministry. He's like, everything that you are, I would never want to be. I was like, wow, you have the gift of exhortation, my friend. Uh, and I said, okay, but he's like, but what gets me is how passionate you are about that. And you love what you're doing. And he's like, it's just, I don't get it. So anyway, Easter, I got a chance to connect with him. And he told me, Yo, Justin, we got to get together. I got to tell you, I got it. I got it. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I, I finally am as excited as you were about like what God's doing in my life and where he's taking me. And he's like, I was like, okay, well, cool, what happened? And so when we caught up the, uh, yesterday night, he just said, I fell in love with Jesus. I fell in love with Jesus. And, and he's like, I recognized that as much as I, I, I knew what was right, as much as I, I knew that how, how things should go, I just I lost like that love for God. When you love the Holy Spirit, when you love just being with the Lord, 
spending time with him, you begin to grow in strength in your relationship. The second thing, look, scripture says that if you seek, you'll find. And that's a principle you can apply in any aspect of your life. It could be positive, it could be negative. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it. You'll find it. Somebody lost their keys, you keep looking and looking and looking until you find them. And eventually you'll find them and, and, oh, here they are. The third is listen. Relationships are two-way. You know, a lot of times we're always asking, you know, we're asking God to do things, but we're never listening for what he wants us to do. And, and to have a healthy relationship, there's communication. And, and oftentimes we're like, Holy Spirit, use me. But we take no time to listen and, and just shut up and be quiet and, and, and just say and pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say? Where do you want to take me? And then just say nothing and listen. And sometimes that's hard with as busy and crazy as things are. Encounter the Holy Spirit. Grow to love the Holy Spirit. Look Look for the Holy Spirit and listen for his response. The second thing, you've got to discern the word of God. So Peter has this opportunity. He sees sees this life-transforming encounter happen in his life with the Holy Spirit. And immediately responding to that, he he quotes the prophet Joel to the situation. And he says, you know, because everybody's saying, ah, these people are drunk. He says, they're not drunk. They're not drunk. No, no. And uh, look at verse 16, he says, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, clouds of smoke, the sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I think one of the powerful things is that he could confidently declare to everybody what was going on because he discerned the word of God. He understood the Bible. And I'm telling you, if you can get the word of God in you, if you can get to to diving in to what the word of God has for you, to begin to to see the promises of God and and then walk out and, and let that affect you, let that seep into your soul that everything that you do is in light of God's word, that you'll be able to speak confidently to situations in your life. That whenever you see something go down, whenever you see a person or an individual struggle, like or, or something happens, that the Holy Spirit will give you even scripture, the words to speak. I can't even tell you how many times I have encounters with people where they'll come at it with a situation, we'll begin talking, and then I just feel like the Holy Spirit takes over. And you start saying, I don't know if anybody else has encountered this, but like you start saying things and you're like, wow, that was really good. Where did that one come from? You know, like uh, that kind of caught me out. Of, wow, that, I'm, I'm impressed myself with that. But it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Holy Spirit bringing about his word. And, and he'll quicken that word. But you got to have the word in you. Right? When, when the devil t- tempted uh, Jesus in the wilderness, his response each and every single time was the word. But you got to have the word in you in order to respond to those temptations. If we think, you know, honestly, if we think we can do like, you know, a short little, I'll do a little 10-minute Devo this morning, and then I'll have the, the confidence that I need to go against people who are hostile towards God. 
It's not going to happen. Like you need to dig in. And, and this is the lesson I'm learning a lot is, is dig in to the scriptures. If there was one thing that I saw in, in my friend that I, last night, that in our conversation, it was like scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And he was so excited and it was just like this verse and then and this verse and this verse. You could tell that he began to consume the word of God. And that passion just began to well up in him. And it's crazy how you begin to look when you begin to look at life through the scriptures, how you begin to, to weed out. And he's like, I've got friends now that are coming up to me and saying, why is this going on in my life? And he's like, dude, you aren't in the word, man. Like, you got to get in the Bible. Like, it was just so cool. Can I tell you, it was so cool just to see that, like, transformation, like, in his heart. And let me tell you, it's not, cra- it's not crazy, and it's not difficult. It's, it's the word. And, and oftentimes we want this confident faith without devoting ourselves to the Bible, devoting ourselves to, I'll say even just, I want to use the word entertaining because I feel like that's the thing that we can, sort of the distraction that we can chase sometimes, just the entertainment, the other things that sort of fill the time instead of entertaining ourselves with the things of God and letting that be the reason we exist, the reason we do anything is the Lord. There's an example in 1 John about how confidence is a result of, of knowing the word and really it speaks to the will of God, but how it affects our prayer lives and how we can pray confidently. 1 John uh, 5, 13 to 16, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may Uh, know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we ask for. And, And let me tell you, the will of God is the word of God. So if you read 14 again, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that that we can ask anything in his name and it'll be done. We can ask anything according to the word of God. You gotta get this, that when you get the scripture in you, when you know God's promises, when you know his word, that you can approach him in confidence because you know that the only thing you're asking for is what he already wants. There is nothing better than going before God knowing what you're asking for is what he wants. And that's what gives you the confidence to do it. You can go confidently before God when you know his word. And his word breeds confidence in our lives. It breeds just a, a, an unshakability. But it really starts, I think it starts with desire. We can all say we want to be unshakable in our faith. But there are decisions that we have to make in order to get to that place. There's dedication. You know, you look at a, a sports athlete, look at Tom Brady. He's not, he's not like the, the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time or the greatest quarterback of all time because he just kind of sat around and, and it fell into his lap. He dedicate, he's dedicated his entire life to it. And I was watching that Tom versus Time thing and it blew me away, the, the dedication. If Christians were dedicated and devoted to the Lord like he's devoted to a, like a football, the world would be changed. And that's the thing, devotion, devotion. Do we truly desire it? 
And, and that's the thing. So many distractions in our lives, so many things come in and it, and it keeps us preoccupied. We gotta discern the word of God. And then lastly, believe the gospel. And this sort of kind of ties in with desire. If you look at verse 22, Peter then begins to say, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross. Think about this, multitudes of people, and he's saying, you nailed him to a cross. You want to talk about boldness. You nailed him to a cross and killed him, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Let me tell you, Peter is wholeheartedly declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he believes it. He saw Jesus live. He saw Jesus die. He also saw Jesus resurrected and ascended into heaven. And there was nothing that was going to shake him from what he believed. And we agree oftentimes with, with the Bible. We agree with, with the things in the word of God. But belief will take us to a place where no matter what the circumstance is, when we believe the Bible over even what things naturally look like, and that's been a test for me, like walking in my faith, to look at what the Word of God says, and I've shared examples with you about Todd White and not seeing healing for over a year, but knowing that's, that's what God desires for people, and just him praying for people every day, and then a year later, he finally sees an individual get healed. Like, you want to talk about believing in what the word of God says. And he said, I, I, would, never, I would never lose sight of it. I would, I, every day I would pray, God, I know this is your will. I know this is what you want. And I don't care if I don't see it around me. I believe it. And he walked in that. And it's strength. That's what creates an unshakable faith. When you can trust God, faith, it's the substance of what is hoped for. It's the evidence of the unseen. It's when you're able to stand on the truth of the word of God regardless of what everything looks like. Do we believe it? Belief is what roots us. In Matthew 13, with the seed that fell on rocky soil, they receive that with joy. Think about it. The seed is the word of God in that parable that the farmers kind of sow in that seed. It's the word of God. That's what Jesus says, that the seed is the word of God. And the rocky soil represents a person who receives the word with joy. There are many of us that receive the word of God with joy. We say, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is the son of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for my sin. No, I can, I can live and walk in strength and, and victory and, and peace and, and, and health and, and joy because of what Jesus did at the cross. I have a new life in Christ. And we agree with a lot of these things, but, but then the moment that, that uh, persecution or the moment that hardship can push up against us, we all of a sudden fall back and go, well, I don't know. If you have peace, and peace was a result of Jesus Christ on the cross, the moment that anxiety or something happens that gets you anxious or, or gets you like ruffled up, you should take a step back and say, wait a minute, I have the peace of God. The Prince of Peace resides within me. I cannot be without peace. It, it changes the way that we see life. 
It changes the way that we interact with things. When we believe the truth of the word of God, then everything else is a lie. That when the anxiety comes, you can say, you know what? That's not the truth of the word of God. That's not what God has for me. I have peace. 2 Thessalonians 3, 16, Paul says, you can have peace in all times and in every way because the God of peace is the one distributing it. Living according to the word of God. It it really does. I'll, I'll speak to desire again. The only difference in the friend of mine that I talked to yesterday was that he'd finally decided, I'm just gonna run after God. And I was talking to him, I was like, isn't it so easy? Like, the answer is so easy. And, and I often think about what Pastor Gary says, oh, the prayer and the word, prayer and the word, prayer and the word. If you get bored of that, word and prayer, word and prayer. Like, and I think about that and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, like, and we all shake our head because we all know what the answer is. We all, we all know, like, you know, the means to pursue God. But when you completely devote yourself to it, I think that's where you, where you see the change. I can, look at this, I can look at this guy, and there's a change, uh, 100%, a uh, million percent. There's a change there. And literally all he did was just every, every time that he had a free moment, he began to just open the Bible. And begin to read. Uh, anytime that that you know, instead of turning on the TV, he would open up his Bible. He'd pray, and it's it's hard it's hard to say it's that easy. But Matthew seven, seek, and you'll find. It's as easy as that. It's a principle in the Word of God. Just as It applies negatively, but it also applies positively. Whatever you seek after, you're going to find. If you seek after and devote yourself to the Word of God, devote yourself to prayer, you're going to find God. And God's going to begin to work on your heart. And, and He's going to change your heart. And He's going to, to, the things that you once were passionate about, you're going to see it morph into things of the kingdom. And you're going to see God do some incredible things there. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.